0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to I'll Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I am your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Guess what? I started a parenting podcast. Did you know? Are you a parent? You should come listen. It is called Why Is Everyone Yelling? Uh, Same format as this show, talking with everyday parents as well as experts on certain topics. And I'm having a lot of fun over there. So make sure you plug that into your podcast app and check it out. Today's episode is episode 280, and I'm talking with Leah Fallon. Some of you might know her as Leah O'Connor. She recently joined the On Running team, and she's going to be training out in Boulder, Colorado. Leah attended college at Michigan State and went pro in 2015. She is a steeplechaser and went through a very long cycle of injuries and actually went viral with one of her posts uh, called Dear Struggling Runner. Uh, If you haven't read that post and you have been someone who has dealt with injury bouts, definitely you're gonna wanna read that. In 2016, she ruptured her plantar fascia, which happened actually right before the Olympic trials in 2016. She was definitely one to be watching to make the team in steeplechase that year. Um, So it was a huge disappointment that she didn't make the team in 2016. So we talk about coming through the other side of that, what walking through that looked like and the hope she has and the excitement that's happening now as she is healthy and training, training with on running that new group and has so much to look forward to. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Prevenex. And if you haven't checked them out, I highly recommend checking them out. There is a joint health plus supplement that they have that protects your joints so that you can have longevity in the sport. And it soothes your joints. I use it every single day. I am a believer in this product. And if you want to check it out to get 15% off, you can go to prevenex.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout so many great testimonials of people who have tried this product and are using it religiously because it's just that great. It works. I also use their neurofi plus and make protein smoothies and shakes for my kids and myself, as well as my kids take their super bites. So they have a lot of really great clean products over there. And, uh, remember friends, when you support a sponsor of the show, you are supporting this show. So for that, I thank you. Prevenex.com use the code ANOTHER at checkout. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Leah Fallon. All right, well, today on the podcast, I'm so excited to welcome Leah Fallon to the show. Welcome to the show, Leah.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love that sweatshirt that you're wearing. Oh, thank you. A little OAC. Um, yeah, On makes like really, really nice sweats and comfy clothes. So I've never, their stuff.
0: yeah, I've never worn any of their apparel, but now I'm looking at the
1: sweatshirt with the the big neck. I'm like, ooh, I want to get yeah. inside that sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, they're really big on like the the cozy necks, and it's actually nice. It can double as a mask. So if you are going into the grocery store and you forgot one, so yeah. My teammate Alicia Munson figured that out. I was like, oh, they didn't even know what they were doing, but. Works great.
0: Yeah, I was thinking. Were they thinking ahead, or are designers <laughs> like,
1: is this a brand new sweatshirt? Yeah, no. I, I I don't know if they knew. I don't know if anyone knew what was going to be going on, but it works out. So, see, there's the dog. There's the dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you're um, such, such
0: a good dog mom because you have dog toys available. I don't have dog toys for my dog, so
1: they their dog toys are literally riddled all over the kitchen like just squirrels and squeaky toys (laughs) and and it's it's just like a bomb went off in here but i don't know ozzy's just so little and she like constantly needs something to play with otherwise she's chewing on like i don't know the table which is not what you want.
0: I mean, my dog is super old. She's like 12 or 13 now. So when she was a puppy or even, you know, up until five or six, we, we had some toys for her, but she, if we, yeah. if I tried to give her a toy now, she would just look at it and be like, what's that? Like,
1: what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. 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 I don't have the energy for that lady.
0: <laughs> um, so are you, I saw that you're moving to Boulder, but are you still in Michigan right now?
1: Yeah. So currently I'm in Ada, Michigan at the house that I live with um, my husband in. And um, I'm going to be leaving for Boulder on, I think, the 4th of October, um, driving out and actually like moving into our apartment. Um, I stayed out a little bit longer because Emily Oren, my teammate, um, is getting married in Michigan. Um, and her bachelorette party is this weekend. And so I wanted to be there for that because we've been training together for a couple of years and she's become one of my really close friends. So yeah, after that. So you're doing that this weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Um, her friend has like a cabin up near Traverse city in Michigan, which is like a really nice part of Michigan. And we're just gonna, um, you know, party <laughs> have some have some beverages and I think um, we're going wine tasting and we'll just get dressed up and play games and yeah oh that so, sounds fun yeah I'm really excited I've not socialized like that in a while
0: are you in a phase of your life where like everybody's getting married right now
1: yeah, yeah, it's just like somebody ripped off a band-aid and everyone is like getting married. I uh, joked about it for the longest time because well, I'm 28 now and mm-hmm. I like nobody was getting engaged or married for a really long time. And Lou and I got married and then it just seems like everyone is kind of I don't want to say dropping, but <laughs> because it's like it's a good thing, but it's just uh, yeah, everyone is um you know, finding that person it seems. So it's kind of exciting. Yeah growing up. There
0: are like moments in life like everybody gets married and then it seems like everybody have babies. And now I'm getting close to in like three years, everybody's gonna be turning forty. And so it's like <laughs> these like those are I feel like those are like the in my life those have been the big monumental things. Like people got married, a lot of people had babies and now i'm like everybody's going to turn 40 and we're going to have like a 40th birthday party every other weekend <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's strange i like i had this moment last night um after we i watched the debate with lewis and we were sitting out like decompressing because mm-hmm. that was obnoxious and we were just like staring at the stars I looked over at him and I said, "I'm 28 years old. Like, <laughs> how am I 28 years old? I'm and I'm sitting next to my husband. It just kind of seemed, yeah. I don't know. I I feel like I'm in this perpetual state of being a 23 year old, but I'm not there anymore. So it's yeah, it's it's interesting to kind of like look around and realize we're growing up. So yeah."
0: Yeah. I was looking at a picture the other day. I don't know what I stumbled, why I stumbled upon it, but it was of my husband's 29th birthday and we're, we're 37 now. And I think my caption of the picture was something like, what's this? Like, I can't believe we're 29. And now looking back at that, it's that, that sounds so young to me, but I feel yeah. like I'm in this like constant state of like and my husband thinks this is ridiculous, but I assume more people feel like this than not. Like I'm in this constant state of like mourning what already happened. Like I want to, I want to be able to do it again, you know, and all that yeah. time is like totally gone and we can't relive it, but I want it back
1: Yeah. at the same
0: time. I know this phase of life is so wonderful too, but, um, yeah. yeah, you just, you can't stop it. It just
1: keeps going. You just keep aging. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I know 28 isn't old. It just feels, I don't know. Like I said, it feels like I just graduated from college and then all of a sudden it's like we're adults. I do
0: feel like you're like at 28 though you're entering a new phase of like adulthood because you get yeah. you graduate college and you have this like ty- period of time where you're still figuring out what you want to do, who you want to be and um what your life is going to look like. You have no idea and I feel like as you approach 30, you kind of come into f- to knowing a little bit more.
1: Oh, for sure i I definitely, and I've said this to a lot of friends who are younger. I'm like, there's a shift that happens around twenty five mentally. I don't know the your early twenties are just kind of a shit show to be honest, like <laughs> you're just figuring everything out, and, uh, yeah, I mean, everything just felt really heavy, and like, I don't know, you get spit out of college and you have all of these responsibilities and adulting that has to happen and nobody really gives you like a handbook on how to do that. So you are basically just stumbling your way through your early twenties. And so it's kind of actually, I, I enjoyed it, but I'm, I'm I'm glad to kind of be closer to 30 because I feel like everything is settling a little bit more in my life and I don't feel as overwhelmed by things like paying taxes and bills and, you know, um, just taking care of, of like, I don't know, adult responsibility. So
0: when I finished college, I just felt like everybody else knew what they were doing with their lives. And I was like working as a receptionist at a doctor's office, like thinking everybody had these big fancy jobs and knew exactly what they were going to do. And I was such a, like, I felt so lost in that that Mm -hmm. moment. But things, you know, things change and you
1: figure it out and it gets better. So if that's you, it gets better, I promise. (laughs) It does get better. You just kind of have to hold tight and trust oh, yeah. that like not every not everybody has it together like it, it it looks like it and on social media most of the time it looks like everybody's you know thriving and figuring everything out so seamlessly but that's not the case it's no pretty way. tough <laughs>
0: yeah. um okay one more point of just I have to bring up because I always talk about this stuff and then we'll get into your running my second son's name is Lewis. So when I oh. saw your husband's name is Lou, I would thought, Oh, I love that so much. Oh
1: yeah. Lewis. Lewis Jack. Yeah. Um uh, everybody always calls him Louis Falland. Louis yeah, they like pronounce his name incorrectly. So I love that you knew it was Lewis right off the bat. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Louis. <laughs> Where's he from? Yeah. Australia. Okay. So he yeah, he um He's an Australian citizen. He lived in Papua New Guinea with his um, parents for a while, and then moved back to Australia, and then went to college um, in Grand Rapids. And so, um, and he's also a runner, and that's how we met see so running.
0: Okay. Well, I just yeah. I noticed that you had said you were waiting to see if he could make the move to Boulder. So I was like, I wonder where he's from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not super easy to get your green card. Turns out, <laughs> it yeah, costs a lot of money. And it takes a lot of time. And I think especially with, uh, not I think, I know, especially with COVID, everything is just taking longer. And so we submitted the application after we got married, I think, like early July. And then we heard back that, like, some of the forms have been messed up. And so then we had to hire lawyers and resubmit. And it could be um, another six months until he gets um, his petition to work, you know, approved. So it's just a lot of money and time and a lot of unknowns and you're kind of waiting on the government Uh, and they have a lot of stuff on their plate right now, obviously. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, we're hoping that everything kind of processes faster than what's, you know, projected, but we'll figure it out either way. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So you recently signed with on and we'll kind of walk back a little bit into your career, but, Tell us yeah. tell us about that. Tell us about this new yeah. season of life.
1: Yeah, it um honestly I would not have expected to be with on and moving to Boulder at this point uh when Dathan had a meeting um with me and Emily gosh months ago and told us that he got the job offer to to coach in Boulder. Um Emily we we went to his house thinking he was like I talk about training or I don't know. We didn't know what, but it definitely was not that, you know, we're moving to Colorado. Um, because we thought that he was like settled in Michigan for like the long haul. And he, you know, he said, I'm moving. I got this, this job offer and I would really like you guys to, to come and um, they're willing to, to offer contracts. And um, my contract with Adidas had ended and um, I was, I was, with the Gazelle Elite crew, um, and just kind of in limbo. And I didn't think that I was going to get a contract offer once COVID hit. Cause I was like, well, there's no races happening. Right. I can't really prove my fitness. I know that I'm getting fit and I know that I'm healthy. And, um, but I just like, I didn't have any, like any way to, to prove that really. Um, you know, you can do time trials and have your coach vouch for you. But like other than that, there's no objective race that somebody can look at and be like, Oh yeah, that, that person's worth a contract. So to have that offer with on was, was huge. And um, it's a great company and the group is so fun and cool. And the the kids that they, they signed, I mean, so many different countries are represented on our team and just a bunch of different personalities and a lot of talent. And so Yeah. I mean, we went out there for a month to do altitude training and just get to know each other before like everything got into full force this fall. And oh, my gosh, it was so fun. And the girls are so fun. And yeah, um, it's just been a it's been a really cool transition. Very unexpected, but (laughs) that's how life is, I guess.
0: So when you say you were on the Gazelle Elite team, Mm -hmm. um, what was that like a development team or something? Because I know you were fully sponsored by Adidas out out of college.
1: Yeah. Yep. So I, uh, it, it, they, they had a partnership with Hoka. So Hoka, um, sponsored the team. Hoka didn't sponsor individuals. Sure. So we got gear from Hoka. Um, and I had made the choice cause my, um, contract with Adidas had ended, I wasn't on salary anymore, but they like were still offering gear. Um, but I couldn't, if I stayed with Adidas, I couldn't fully, Uh, endorse the Gazelle Elite team, obviously, because they had this Hoka sponsorship. And I just really wanted to be all in with Gazelle Elite because I was living in Grand Rapids. Dathan was my coach. I was training with these people, but I wasn't fully endorsing that team. Um, And so I just just made the decision to, to walk away from Adidas entirely and shift to Gazelle Elite And I honestly thought like that was going to be my situation for a lot longer than it ended up being. Um, and yeah, it just, um, it was, it was, it was great for the time being and they were really great to us, but I mean that obviously that chapter kind of ended for us and I guess Ali is still going, but Jason's obviously no longer the coach, um, and that's where – that Lou is still running with I'll Elite, my husband, okay. and there's a couple other members still. But everything just kind of got shook up <laughs> when Dathan <laughs> left, so a little different.
0: Is that how you and your husband met? You guys were on the Elite team together?
1: Yeah. Yep. So I started working with Dathan a couple of years ago, and I came out to Grand Rapids. And Lou and I were friends. I've said this on my social media. Lou and I were friends for a year – before we started dating, I was dating somebody else when I moved to Grand Rapids and he was with somebody else, but I met him and I, you know, we instantly became friends and like, we found each other like at like team parties or whatever, just kind of in the same place all the time and talking all the time. And then when we were both single, we ended up going out and getting some drinks together. And then, um, it was like, ah, there's probably something more (laughs) than just a friendship. So yeah, we, we met through Gazelle Elite. So it's kind of a special little bond. Yeah.
0: So, so many questions revolving, you know, your injuries and and coming back from all that. And I I wonder what that felt like having that Adidas sponsorship right out of college and being so successful in college and having this just like nasty string of energy injuries. I mean, if anybody listening hasn't read Leah's post that went pretty viral back in the day, um, Hey Struggling Runner, that's what it's called, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, Go read that and you'll have a little bit more context to the conversation we're about to have. But um, walk us through mentally like how you dealt with having that sponsorship right out of college and dealing with that string of injuries and then going then to a developmental kind of group, you know. And now you're back with a sponsorship and everything. But that had to be really hard when you knew that professional running was what your dreams were.
1: Yeah. Um, I, it was, there's a lot of pressure, obviously when you're, um, and we just discussed this coming right out of college. There's a lot of pressure in general with just figuring yourself out. Um, but then on top of that, getting a substantial, uh, sponsorship and having these responsibilities to this company and being fully dependent on your body and your health to be able to do that. Um, if you get injured like I did, it's not it's no longer like you just being injured and having to take time down and being frustrated because like you can't do what you love. It's I'm injured and I can't do my job and I can't fulfill these requirements and I'm getting paid to do this and nothing else. So it, it really felt um, it was really heavy, I guess, like right out of college to to have those hiccups early on because I did have really big goals and I felt a lot of pressure to perform and it's it's, it wasn't you know made up pressure like it's literally written down in a contract like we want you to do x y and z and if you don't we're going to take this away but if you do it could be really good and you know it's it's hard. It's hard to navigate. Um, and it's very unique. Like there aren't a lot of people who, um, experience that. And so you're, um, I guess people that you can confide in, um, and counterparts, like I didn't really, I didn't know how to explain to the people around me in my immediate circle or my friends from college or even my family, how I was feeling because it was just, it it was so unique and, and different, like people with nine to five nine to five jobs don't feel that, you know, they don't feel that stress. Um, and the only other people that you can really talk to about how you feel are honestly like your competitors. And, and and that's weird. So I felt very, I felt very isolated. Um, and I started dealing with, um, mental health issues, uh, in my early twenties. And I think, you know, your brain and your body are definitely connected. So the more I got injured, the more I started to suffer with my mental health. And it was just kind of, I felt like I was in the stronghold for a while. Um, and it was a really tough season of my life. And there was obviously a lot, there were, there were good things that came out of it. And I'm, you know, I'm where I am today and I'm fine. And I have a great family and a great support system. And I know there are a lot of people out there that had it a lot harder than I did, but, um, you know, it's, it's all relative and and i've struggled a lot for a little while with just feeling like i wasn't i wasn't doing what was expected of me and as somebody who i take my responsibility seriously and i am very competitive and driven to have to kind of just i don't know have things go to the shitter a little bit <laughs> you know it was really hard for me to 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 manage and very humbling in a lot of ways too hey everybody a
0: quick break here to thank gooder for supporting this podcast gooder is basically has the best sunglasses out on the market they are fashionable and they do not slip they stay right in place they have all kinds of wild and crazy colors as well as some basic styles as well my favorite ones are the amelia Earhart. ghosted me i wear those on the regular every single day but they also have some bright fun loud colors which I think it's really fun to run races with loud sunglasses. It just gives you a little extra, little extra flavor on race day. And you know, my signature shades are the red shades, so I wear their PBR shades. Uh, you all should check them out. Definitely grab yourself a pair. They are super affordable and durable. Go to gooder.com/slash another. And when you go to that specific landing page, you will automatically get fifteen percent off your order. Tag me on social media. I'm Lindsay six two six on Instagram, and let me know what shades you pick out. All right, let's continue my conversation with Leah. Yeah, I imagine in the time it probably felt like,
1: probably seemed really hard to see what the other side could be like. Yeah, it, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't, there's no way I could have imagined like where I'm at right now. Like I, I genuinely thought like, if I can't make this work, if I can't stay healthy and uphold this contract and do these things, I, I can't see a bright future for myself here. Like I don't, I'm just going to have to quit running or like get a desk job or do something that I'm not really passionate about because my body keeps failing and in the way I keep failing. And, and um, learning to combat those negative thoughts and actually ask for help was a long road because I was used to being pretty self-sufficient and taking care of things and knowing, um, how to work through things and to kind of feel like I was in over my head for the first time was, um, overwhelming. And, uh, yeah, I, it, it, it took a lot of like honestly, courage on my part and hard work to be able to kind of come out of that season and persist and not give up and not decide to just walk away from the sport and do something else because it wasn't coming easily to me. Like it was, you know, in college, I didn't have a single injury. I was, it was just kind of like this upward trajectory the whole time. And I've, I've mentioned this before. I thought, I honestly thought that that's how my professional career was going to go. Like even when I had my first couple injuries, I was like, oh yeah, this is just like the sport testing me and I'm going to come back up and like be better than I was before. And I'm gonna PR and everything is going to work out in my favor. And to have not just months, but years of that not work out the way that I hoped it would. um, Yeah. You really get in your head and you start to wonder like, a, why do I do this? And B, like, do I actually have what it takes to continue doing this? Do I should I be running professionally? And um, I had moments where I was I was really really questioning, um, but persisting through that and and finding positivity and asking for help and um, doing the right things. I think it just kind of running has continued to find me. <laughs> you know, like I haven't even when I wasn't actively um, like pressing to stay in the sport. I know, like I, I still have work to do in it. And I, you know, I met Dathan and certain things just kind of fell together. And so I, you know, continued. Um, but there were definitely seasons where I was just like, man, I feel like I'm just getting kicked around <laughs> a little bit. And that's what inspired the Hay Struggling Runner thing too. It's just because I, I know that that's not an abnormal story in our sport. It's just not what you hear about most of the time because, and it's not bad, but we, we definitely decorate the people who are running fast times. And we, those are the people who get attention and, and that's how life works in a lot of ways. And there are a lot of untold stories of people who have worked really, really hard and struggled quite a bit. Um, and then walked away from the sport or found something else and, and just never really shared those emotions and those things that they went through. And, yeah, I just wanted to kind of connect to people, the whoever else. And I know that there are a lot of other people who have felt that way. So I just wanted that voice. Yeah, I mean, it's so
0: true um, because, like, people are getting articles written about them. People are on podcasts that are, you know – you know, like breaking records and and winning titles and things like that. So these stories you don't hear as much. And just to paint the picture for everyone listening, if they haven't followed Leah's career at all, you were dominant badass in college, (laughs) you know, two-time individual NCAA champion, one steeplechase all four years you competed in the Big Tens. Like, those are, like, these are really big accolades. And to go from like you mentioned, going up, 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 you know, like slowly you were increasing your mileage each year, not getting injured and just seeing these, these leaps and bounds results as the years went on to have that setback and think what's going on. Why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. Because you had had all those years where you were injured and things were going well. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know what I, I pulled from that article that you wrote. I was thinking about this a lot with even non-elite professional runners is like, I think there's like a lot of shame in having injuries, right? Like it's like, Oh yeah. Like I I actually recently had this happen. Um, I followed this like six week training plan where I built up my mileage super casually. Like I didn't do any big jumps. I was doing strength training and Pilates and I, I got a stress fracture in my second metatarsal. Like, and I was kind of embarrassed because I was like, I was, I felt like I was doing everything right, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and I've been running marathons for 10 years. Um, and so it was like, wait, what happened? Why, why did that happen? What did I do wrong? Um, Mm -hmm. so maybe you can speak to that a little bit, like, um, getting injured, but not putting that like
1: blame on yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely, Stigma and shame surrounding getting injured in our sport because it—it's almost like, I mean, it's—it wasn't like an accident. It didn't. It's not like you an acute accident where you just slipped off something most of the time and like broke your ankle. It's gradual over time, and you—I mean, you're running through a lot of the time pain knowingly, um, and just kind of crossing your fingers and hoping that it's not as bad as you think it is, and. It's almost like, I guess, in your mind, you almost feel irresponsible. Like you weren't in tune with what your body was asking for. You up your mileage too quick. You do, you know, stupid workouts, or you're not doing enough strength training or you're not doing enough rehab. And it, there are a lot of different avenues that your, your mind takes when you get injured and you definitely don't want to share what's going on publicly for the most part. Like I, especially my first few injuries, I almost felt like I had to like hide it, I guess, and post pictures of myself from when I was healthy and talk about, you know, um, how, how great things were because, you know, you want to just spend those, those four weeks kind of in your own little shell thinking, I just have to get through this because, I broke myself and yeah, I had to, I definitely had to learn how to, to not get in my own head about injuries. And I had to learn how to say, you know, this just happens. Sometimes it's not like you, you didn't do anything necessarily wrong. Um, it's just like the perfect storm and your body, you know, breaks down and what you're doing, what running is, is really hard on, on your body in a lot of ways. And you don't know your limits until sometimes you cross them. And then you just have to take that that as a learning experience and, and try your best to not do it again. But like taking the blame off of yourself and being kinder to yourself in those um, seasons is really, really important. And honestly, there is power in transparency. And I learned that early on too. It's just saying like, Hey guys, this happened. Normalizing it just being like, yeah, I, I, I trained too much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's not that big of a deal. It happens. There's a hundred percent injury rate in our sport. So just like being kind to yourself um, and not letting your brain go too wild with the blame game of like, well, if I just done this or I just done this differently, or if I wasn't so dumb doing this, uh, you know, that's not productive. That's not going to help you heal any faster. And um, it's actually probably going to make things a lot worse because you're going to be stressed and negative and you know, stress does not help healing. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, that's, it's just hard. I mean, you're going to feel low for a while, but just doing your best to, to work through those negative emotions is, um, my best advice and, and knowing that it's, it's super normal to feel that way.
0: Do you feel like now it's 2020, um, this string of injuries was like, you know, 2015, on do you feel now Mm -hmm. like you're in a good headspace like okay I'm healthy I'm training I have this new contract you've been working with Dathan for quite a while now and you know he's someone that's battled a ton of injuries himself and kind of knows how to navigate dealing with those um I guess struggles yeah so do you feel like okay all facing forward now or do you still kind of feeling any kind
1: of icky feelings about those last few years yeah, um I definitely feel good. <laughs> like I feel I feel like I'm in a, a, a healthy place, like a better place that I've been in a really really long time. It's hard not to look back um at those years sometimes and and still feel sadness and yeah. frustration. And I don't think that that's bad. I don't think there's ever going to be a point in my life where I I look back at everything that went on um, and you know, just even in the future, I mean, there are going to be hardships and struggles and things that I look back on and I can't like look, look at them and objectively say like, Oh yeah, you know, that that's no longer a, a, like making me think negative thoughts like, it's just kind of like a, a daily thing. And I, um, I feel like now there are just so many good things in my life, like so many positive things that it's hard for me to get caught in kind of that tornado of negative, like tornado of negativity. Um, the way I used to, I don't, I don't find myself like ruminating on past experiences or like past injuries or struggles or like, um, thinking I'm going to fall back into that pattern of injury. I don't like, I've been injury free for over a year now and I feel healthy. I feel strong. I feel like I'm in tune with my body again, which I, for a really long time, I felt like I wasn't. (laughs) Um, And I know, I feel like I, I, I feel like I know when to back off um, from training and I know my signals of like, I'm not sleeping well or I'm not recovering enough. And I on, I trust Dathan's judgment on things too. So I'm kind I'm of constantly in communication with him about how I feel. And he, like you mentioned, went through the ringer with injuries and setbacks um, in his professional career. And that's what's great about having him as a coach for me personally is I can go to him knowing that he's probably been through the exact emotions, similar pain um, a similar process of healing. Um, and, and kind of, he also knows the warning signs for overtraining and kind of approaching injury. And he takes that very seriously and is an advocate for backing off when I need to. Um, and I think that's why I've been able to stay healthy for uh, as long as I have recently since working with him. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I love my husband. I'm in a really good place. Like there's so many like really good things that I'm looking forward to in Colorado. So honestly, sometimes I, I, I look back and it, it seems like another life, but I still feel like some of those emotions. So it's strange. Um, and I still have seasons where I unpack it, but I feel really good now. It sounds really exciting
0: where you're headed, you know, from the outside looking in, it sounds like a really exciting and hopeful place to be. Um, I'm not going to keep harping on the past, but I do want to ask one more thing about the injuries. Um, Oh my gosh, your plantar fascia like the tear. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have torn my plantar fascia too. like bottom of my foot, black and blue. Couldn't, but like, I couldn't bear weight on my foot for like 10 weeks. So the fact that you got a partial tear and then you went on like, okay, if I can make it through these like four or five weeks and get through yeah. the trials to make the team, like, and then give it time to heal. um, I just can't imagine even like putting weight down on my foot. Obviously As a professional athlete, like you were doing all the other things too, like you're getting work done and doing everything possible to, um, put it at ease while you went through. But, you know, I, I really started, I've been a runner my whole life really, but I really didn't start following track and field until 2016 when I launched this podcast So I didn't even know, you know, the story and like who you were when all that happened. And you were, you were really like, for those listening who, who also are like me and don't, didn't know, like you were one of the ones to make the team in the steeple. Like you were like a, you weren't an underdog. Like you were likely (laughs) to make that team. Um, And, and that planter tear really God, it's just, it screwed you, okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it did. It did screw me. Yeah, it was, it was tough. Do you
0: ever wonder, um, like, because, you know, in steeple, I think the names we often hear, we, we hear Emma, we hear Courtney, and we hear Colleen. Like, those are the steeple names that people know. There are more names than that, for sure. But for I sure, feel yeah. like in these past, like, three or four years, those are the names that um, the casual spectator of track and field would know.
1: Right. Do you
0: ever feel like, I'm in that mix, too? Like, I was in that mix. I, I like, likely could have made that team.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of time there where I, um, I mean, like, we talked about injuries. Like, I beat myself up a little bit thinking, oh, man, you know, maybe if I'd been smarter about this, I would, like – everything would have changed and I would have been on that team. Maybe if I had listened to my body a little bit more or like taken time down with my planner, things would have worked out. But you, you can run through the what ifs endlessly in your mind. Like, what have I done this differently? Maybe I would have been, you know, and it is really easy to look at other people's success when you've had similar success, but it didn't work out the same way it did for them. Um, And think, oh man, you know, like I deserve that, but that's, you know, realistically, I, I didn't get it. Like (laughs) it it wasn't me, you know, and, and the top three make the team and they deserve that. And I, it doesn't detract from my success and I don't need the general population or the average track fan to think of steeplechase and think of my name to be proud of what I've done and, and what I will continue to do in the sport. So you know, it, it would be, it would be nice to have more people be like, Oh yeah, she's run nine eighteen, And she was like expected to make the team. But like at the same time, I don't really care because it, I, 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 that's not why I do it. That's not why I continue to run. Like I just love the feeling of racing and I'm going to continue to train and you know, I want to make the team next year. Um, but that's, that's for me, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I really appreciate and respect the other women that run steeple like emma courtney colleen all the other women that are are running to make the team like those are some of the coolest people i know like seriously like those women are so strong and so cool i can't look at them and be like ah you don't deserve it (laughs) like they definitely deserve it so yeah um it's just i don't know i mean my my path has been different so yeah
0: I love that. It's such a healthy way to look at it for sure.
1: Yeah. Okay. So then now,
0: now everybody knows your history with steeple a little bit, but this is the question I really want to know is, is that going to be your focus? Yeah. I, well,
1: I don't know. (laughs) I think so. I mean, I just haven't, obviously with COVID, I wasn't able to steeple this year, like nobody really was, um, in the U S at least. So yeah, I mean, we're going to see how it goes when I actually can get back over hurdles and steeple again. If not, like I think I can run a solid five K, Um, and I definitely know I can run faster in the 1500. So it's just a matter of continuing to get fit and, um, getting through this winter and then starting to jump over things again and seeing how it goes. And yeah, like in college I was, I, I was a miler as well as a steepler. And I know that I have that speed. It's just a matter of you know, continuing to stay injury free and getting strong and getting into the spring. So we'll figure it out. Do you lean,
0: do you think you lean more towards the 5K or the 15?
1: Oh, uh, 15, I think. I, I don't know. I know I can run a lot faster in the 5K. I just don't really like the 5K that much. Not <laughs> like, a lot. It's just so much time. <laughs> and I know like Steeple's still 3K, but it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I had a hard time even like getting used to cross country when I was in college. So it's just, yeah, it's been a progression. When I was in middle school, I thought I was a sprinter. So I'm slowly figuring out that I have to go up in distance. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we'll see if I run a really fast 5k, maybe I'll like it more. So were you running like the 200
0: as a freshman in high school?
1: (laughs) Yeah, basically. Yeah. My coach had to like sit me down and convince me to try the 800. And I was like, oh, two laps. Like, I can't do two laps. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, Leah, you're you're not going to be running the 100. I'm, you know, <laughs> you, you just, you're not. And then uh, I did 800 and, like, had some success. And she bumped me up to the mile. And then my sophomore year of high school, um, I realized I was really bad at basketball and volleyball. Um <laughs> And the cross country coach was like, just try it, you know, like you're, you're a runner. Yeah. Um, And then I did. And the, obviously the rest is history, but it took me a little while to realize that, uh, yeah, I was a distance runner. So
0: were you super dominant in high school? Like you
1: were in college? Yeah. Yeah. In division two. So um mm-hmm. I won states, uh I won in the 800 in the mile two years in a row at the state meet for division two, but I wasn't like... I wasn't one of the most heavily recruited athletes, um, I would say. I mean, I was good, but I was running, like, 20 miles a week or something. And um, I I had to run, what I, I think, 501 in the 1600 and, like, 214 in the 800. Okay. And, like, 1830, 1830 or something in, in cross country. So it's kind of, you know, untouchable, and it was finding the right coach to – get that out of me. And then also I was focused on getting a scholarship because I'm one of six kids and, uh, my parents were like, you know, we love you, but we're not paying, um, for you to go to college just cause we don't want to go bankrupt. Um, there's six of you, it's really expensive. So, uh, yeah, Michigan state ended up being the school that worked out. I don't think I would, I, I didn't call, I didn't consider myself super dominant, but I had some success.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, the two, two places I for sure want to hit is I want to talk more about Dathan, but I did want to talk more about your, you having five siblings. It's, that's a lot of siblings.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you grew up on a dairy farm. My parents would think. Yeah. Where, where were you guys? Where'd you live? I grew up in Croswell, Michigan, which is in the thumb, um, and it's, li- it's like the middle of nowhere, really. You go, it's like there are probably more cows than people, I would venture to guess. And um, we have a sugar beet factory in our town, which you would think would smell sweet, but it actually smells so bad. Like like garbage and farts. And <laughs> – um, <laughs> like football players would come into town for games and actually get sick on the field because it smelled so bad. Um, so that's <laughs> Croswell. Um, but no, there are a lot of good things out where I grew up, but like that's pretty notable. People remember that. Um, uh, yeah. And I have four brothers and one sister and, um, our family is very loud and, competitive and fun um and that's definitely why I got into running is my parents both ran and my my brothers would you know race me and stuff and my sister ran track she actually was a high jumper um she's high jump like five, nine. Oh wow um yeah and she ran at central Michigan and was um she was like a multi girl so she just yeah she's super athletic what so I was that? like what's inspired. a multi girl uh like she um she oh god, she did like HEP. So she oh. uh yeah. So she high jumped and I remember she came home from college her first yeah. year. And she had bulked up to 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 throw jab and shot, <laughs> and she, she like b- boomed into the doorway. And my dad's like, "Oh my gosh!" She, she, we still joke about it. She like bulked up so much. But yeah, so that's, anyway, funny. that's a tangent. But my sister um, was like a really really good athlete, and so I was inspired by her. And then my brothers and I raced all the time. So, oh, um, yeah, I have a, Where I have a really are you good relationship. In the lineup, I'm the fourth. Okay, so. My mom um, and dad had my sister or my brother Scott, my sister Allison. They're older, and then they waited seven years, and then like they were like, "Let's have more kids," and then they had four of us in five years. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know why, but uh, that's wild.
0: Seven years, because usually, if you're if you're hitting that five year mark and you haven't had a next kid, you're usually Hanging done. it up or you're
1: accidentally getting pregnant. <laughs> yeah. I I guess they like meant to do it. I don't know why, but wow, I, well, minutes. actually I do know it was my, my mom went to nursing school and, mm. um, my dad got out of dairy farming in that time. And so there was just this transition. Um, and my mom was, you know, taking care of two kids while in nursing school. Oh, yeah. Um, and there was just, it was just too much. Like they couldn't have more kids and they also didn't have the finances at the time to support more kids. And so once they were a little bit more established and my dad got into sales and my mom was an ER nurse, they were like, ah, we, you know, we can swing it. And so (laughs) they went for it. So, yeah, that's
0: wild. My, um, husband, well, there's four of them, but there's like a five-year gap in between the older two and the younger two. And I think that's huge, but seven years, wow, that's like two separate.
1: Yeah. And built in babysitters a little bit, you know, my sister. (laughs) They could watch us when we were, you know, toddlering around. So yeah, wow.
0: Okay, how do you think having so many siblings shaped who you are
1: today? I mean, in so many ways. uh, Yeah, you you learn really fast that the world doesn't revolve around you, (laughs) Um, (laughs) and you learn to be pretty independent. I mean, I was. you know, the fourth. So by the time my parents got to me, they were pretty. They were pretty relaxed. You know, they did not hover over us, and I actually really appreciated that uh, in a lot of ways because it taught me how to be self sufficient and to take care of myself. And and um, yeah, and and also like little things, knowing how to share, knowing how to live with people, knowing how to just uh, I don't, yeah, like interact with a house full of people and, and not get annoyed when like the bathroom is full or, you know, it just makes you really just chill in, in living environments. Um, I'm not obsessive about things always being clean because I know that, like, <laughs> <laughs> when I grew up, it's just, I mean, I like to have a clean environment, but I, yeah, it's just made, I think it made us all a little bit more like lax about things because, um, You can't really be uptight in a house like we. It was a three-bedroom house with eight people in it, and so it was just kind of like you learn. You learn how to like a three-bedroom house. (laughs) My sister and I shared a room, and then my brothers all shared like this gigantic room. And my parents. So you walk. You'd walk in my brother's room, and it was like. A war zone. Oh. Just like <laughs> like they had their video game set up and then clothes everywhere. And it was just I just remember the the constant battle between my mom and my brothers mm-hmm. to keep their room clean and it just it was yeah, it was so they they were so smelly and just the worst <laughs> in so many ways. But um
0: wait, where's yeah, your sister in the lineup? She's the second. The only other so girl. She, okay.
1: Yeah. So she, thank God I had a sister because otherwise I would, I would be such a dude. Like I did not know how to do my hair. I didn't know how to put on makeup. And my sister kind of like, when I, when I was of age, took me under her wing and was like, okay, like (laughs) you can't wear basketball shorts and a t-shirt and slick your hair back into a bun every single day. You know, like I know I mean, you can if you really want to, but I know you want a boyfriend, and I like, <laughs> you gotta you gotta like put in a little effort. So she, yeah, she definitely shepherded me through my um, puberty years, which is nice. But That's yeah, so was, funny. <laughs> yeah, it's mayhem. It is mayhem. We have we have so many good memories. Um, well, yeah, good in hindsight, but like it was wild. I mean, we used to lock my little brother in closets and like tie each other up and like sleeping bags on our bunk beds and just like my parents were gone. It was, yeah, there were no rules. And then <laughs> they'd come home, you know, somebody would have like a broken hand yeah. and my little brother's like in the closet. My mom and like, what happened? You know, it was, it was wild, but it was really fun. And we have a lot of like fun memories and we sit around um, at my parents' house when we get back together and just reminisce. And I would never, ever have six kids like i don't want that many kids <laughs> but i'm glad that i was raised in a family of six because it's fun to look back on
0: <laughs> uh do you want to have kids someday
1: oh yeah for yeah. sure yeah um, i don't know how I, just a couple probably not <laughs> i don't know, not that many
0: <laughs> yeah but you might get seven years out from those first two and, and just <laughs> the spirit moves me and i yeah. <laughs> I'm four and five years um do your parents still live in that same house
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: a lot less loud now,
1: for sure. I actually—that's where Lou and I got married, which is not what I ever expected. Oh, um, at the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. and I was like, I was, I was. My mom, like I said, was a, was a nurse, and so, um, three of the six of us were home births because mm-hmm. she had a midwife come in, and at the time that was abnormal. That's not as abnormal sure. now, but um, I I was actually born in that house, and so I was like, I don't know. Croswell's fine, but I always thought I'd get married somewhere, I don't, unique, like we talked about Australia, but then COVID hit and we had to like get things moving with paperwork and we didn't know when we'd actually be able to have a ceremony and it's like it just worked out to get married at the house. Oh, you got married
0: in the midst of COVID.
1: Yeah. We got married in May. Yeah. Whoa. Right (laughs) in it. (laughs) Right in it. Yeah. We had 10 people there. Um, Wow. Yeah. And my mom made lasagna and um, I actually, we planned the wedding in a week because my brother was going to go out of town and he wasn't going to be able to, we didn't know when he'd be able to come back and we definitely wanted him there. And so I just had to like, I bought my wedding dress online and my old neighbor built our arch for um, the thing we stood under, And then I like sent my mom a picture of like a vision that I had with like rugs on the ground and like old chairs and stuff. And she just went around to different like um, consignment shops and like bought things. And it like came together beautifully. We had a friend, a photographer friend come, come by. And it was on like a gorgeous night, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a whirlwind. Um, Lou and I knew we wanted to get married and he'd, you know, been saving for a ring and, um, we kind of had this idea of like getting married in Australia, but, uh, the opportunity for us to move to Colorado came up and you know, we had to figure out a way to stay together. And, um, you know, we just decided to expedite the wedding because and we were going to do it anyway. Sure. <laughs> so we, we eventually want to have like a big party, but yeah, we had a
0: COVID wedding. <laughs> wow. How did you even keep it to 10 people though? If you have six siblings,
1: they don't f- five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my One of my brothers lives in New York, so he definitely did not make the trip. Yeah, me, he was yeah. quarantined, and my sister couldn't show up because she has two little kids. and um so what we ended up doing is just like having a zoom
0: mm.
1: like a zoom call that one of my brother my brother who lives in New York actually like coordinated. and then Lewis's family's in Australia. So he had um his old coach and his wife stand in as as his parents and his oh. family watched via Zoom, which was really great that they could see it, but it was, you know, it was also tough. Cause like we wanted everyone there. Um, and that's, you know, that's why we're, we're definitely going to have like a party for everyone at some point, but, um, yeah, it was, it, you know, it, it was, it cut through a lot of the bullshit, honestly, of planning a wedding. And it was a really like a good day to just focus on each other and make that commitment to each other. And, um, yeah, definitely not what I thought my wedding would look like. I guess I didn't know what my wedding would look like. The longest time Lou didn't even think he wanted to get married and then, you know, so it's just like, hey, this this seems right. <laughs> this works. Yeah, but, yeah, you had to
0: readjust your expectations for sure. He didn't want to get married.
1: Yeah, he never wanted to get married and he never wanted to have kids when I like the when I met him, when we were friends and then we started dating. And I was very clear. I was like, I want to get married, like, and I want to have kids. Yeah. Um. And he was still like, you know, just like, what's the point? Maybe, <laughs> Um. And then a few months in, he was like, ah, Yeah, I want to get married. And I was Aww. like, Okay. And then <laughs> um, we talked. We've been we've been dating for a while. we talked um, quite a bit on our. We drove down to Florida together to vacation in December, and um, it was just really clear that that's something we wanted. And we had like made plans in our head about like what we wanted our wedding to look like. And then he started saving for a ring and then, um, yeah. And then life kind of forced our hand a little bit and like our timeline, <laughs> but like we knew that we wanted to get married to each other. Um, and yeah, it's, it's actually very sweet and it works out very well. So.
0: Hey everybody, a quick break to let you know next weekend. There is a 5K with the Donna Marathon that I want you to join me in. This is the Players Donna 5K. It happens every year. Uh, This month, October, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so it's the best time of year to be supporting the Donna Foundation. The Donna Foundation helps those who are walking through breast cancer and also helps fund groundbreaking research. I've participated in the Donna Marathon weekend four years in a row, and... I am so excited to be a part of this 5K. They have a fearless series, so you can participate in the 5K, which is October 24th weekend. You can participate in their half marathon and marathon weekend in February, and then they have another race in May. When you sign up for all three races, it's the fearless series, and you get a medal for each event, so it's really cool. What I do wanna mention is with COVID and this crazy year with the pandemic, they have seen an increase in calls to their care line. One in five families served by the Donna Foundation since March, 2020 reported financial issues as a direct result of the pandemic. So over the past few months, the Donna Caroline has seen a 78% increase in call volume and requests. So this is a crucial time to be supporting the Donna Foundation. And you can also test your fitness and see what kind of 5K times you can put up on the board. I, for one, am gonna be racing it as hard as I can. and. I am coming off an injury, so I know it won't be super fast, but it's always fun to give yourself a starting place. So this is going to be my starting place, which is kind of cool. It's like a fresh new slate. So go to the players, Donna 5k and get yourself registered. Use the code Lindsay five to get $5 off your registration. Okay. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Leah Fallon. Man, you really had to roll with the punches there, and I feel like a lot of people, when it comes to their wedding, would be like, "We're waiting, we're gonna have it this way. I need like these people here, I need it to look just like that," you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, for me, it's like, for both of us, it's like, well, we, I know it's you, like I, I, and I, and I know the day is about you. So, however that needs to happen, and like we're just gonna make it work, work because. I, like, I love my family and my friends and I, and same with him. Like ideally we would have had like this big day with everyone included, but I don't know. There was just something about marrying him. It just didn't, we didn't need that. And, and I think that is like actually really beautiful and makes me even more confident in our decision because it was like, if I needed the validation of everyone and like that big day and that big show Mm -hmm. to feel good Mm -hmm. about it, then. That would almost be like a red flag to me. For totally. me, it was just like I, I was like, I don't need that. I just want to marry you. <laughs> Which, yeah, I really get like. back at love, um, but I still want to party for sure. I yeah, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just happy with how the day went. Still sure. want
0: to celebrate it. Tell me about your little um, van that you have.
1: Like it's like a camper. Yeah, van. Molly. Yeah, Molly. Um, I bought the van when I we were together um a while ago and it's got like a little kitchenette in it and a bed that kind of converts to two sofas with storage and a closet um and a little portable toilet so you can basically live out of it as long as uh you have access to probably like a shower or something yeah. every so often um, and I did live out of it for a little bit but I use it for just like camping and road trips like I'm going to drive it out to to Colorado next week which will be really nice because you can basically drive until you're tired and then just pull over at like a rest stop and and you have bed right there um yeah it's just it's kind of like our little adventure vehicle which I'm actually driving full-time now because I also have a Subaru but Lou's car broke down so he gets the Subaru and now I'm just riding <laughs> my big old van everywhere but um not very efficient when it comes to gas but uh yeah it's it's nice to have. Um, I think, yeah. I th- I thought for a while I was gonna live out of it like all the time, but really? that's not how life worked up. Yeah, I thought well, esp- like at least while well, the weather was you know decent, I assumed I'd live somewhere in the winter. But I just thought it'd be like a fun challenge. But it's it's nice to have now, just like to go camping. And Lou and I took it up to the Upper Peninsula <laughs> for my birthday and. It's great. You just literally park wherever. I feel like I would be scared <laughs> staying in there by myself for some reason. I don't know. It doesn't It doesn't really faze me. And, and you know, like if I'm staying somewhere overnight and it's even slightly suspicious, like you, there's privacy things and you just like kind of close everything in and it's locked and you're safe in there. And I just like don't leave when it's dark if I think that it's, if there's a chance even somebody might be out there. But like I feel really safe when I'm in it. And especially if I have my dog or if Lou is with me, I'm like totally oh, yeah. fine, but yeah. it's, yeah. I mean, but every, I mean, some people do live out of their vans full time, but I mean, now we have two dogs. Oh, I, I want, I need
0: a and... shower. <laughs> I need a shower. <laughs> so, that is the work. best part of the day is taking a shower <laughs> for me. So I, that's, that's the one reason I couldn't do it.
1: Picture comforts. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yep.
0: So I did oh. want to touch on, Dathan a little bit more before we do into podcast, just because I know he's been such a instrumental part in your journey to healing and training healthy. Um, you know, I can't believe I've never had him on this podcast, actually.
1: You should. I totally yeah, should. Awesome. um yeah.
0: but share with us a little bit about your relationship with him and how he's kind of stood with you and worked with you to get you onto this like track to, you know, future success in, in the sport and, and running
1: healthy. Yeah. Um, David literally from the moment that I met him has been like a source of comfort and just a helper. Like he, and and he's like that with everyone. Like it, he has a soft heart for people who struggle, um, definitely because Hey, he's an empath. Like I know that he feels what people feel. And then also he's just been through so much, like I said before, um, in the sport and just, you know, he's, he's got a lot of wisdom. Um, and he's also just very kind. So when I met him, I was like, I was 25, 25, about to turn 26. And I felt like I was washed up in the sport done. I don't, I didn't think I can, could continue. Um, And within our first conversation, he was already coming up with ways to help and solutions to my problems. And I was like, okay, like this guy, you wouldn't think somebody with that much success um, would take that much time for someone that like, I wasn't doing anything for him. Like I, he wasn't aside from just knowing that he was helping, he wasn't getting anything out of taking his time out to, like, introduce me to his PT guy. And um, he would meet me to do, like, weight training and, like, things to help me with my imbalances that were, like, causing my injuries. And he introduced me to his doctor to get blood work and figure out, like, kind of the root of everything. And so, honestly, like, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be running anymore if I didn't know Dathan. Mm. Um, and he's just, yeah, he's really nurtured me back to health, not just like physically, but also I just am like emotionally a lot. Like I just feel better, you know? And, and it takes, it takes a village of people to really keep you healthy. And there are a lot of other people in Grand Rapids and in my life that do that. But Dathan kind of was one of the, the key people, um, a couple of years ago to really kind of like scoop me up and like help me along. And, um, I don't, I definitely don't tell him enough how grateful I am for him.
0: (laughs) So what do you think you like,
1: what's a valuable lesson that you have learned specifically from Dathan? There's so many things I'm trying to think. Dathan's definitely taught me, um, I guess first and foremost, how to just persist through things and find solutions to problems as opposed to feeling overwhelmed and allowing yourself to just, I guess, shrink back when life gets challenging. Cause like sometimes if you don't know exactly how to navigate a challenge, you don't know who to ask. You don't know even if there is a solution to your problem when it comes to injuries. Or for me, I was dealing with like thyroid things and, um, I didn't even know where to begin because I just knew that I felt crappy. And, and, and I've seen him do this with a lot of different people. It's just like, if there is a problem, there is an answer. You just need to ask. You need to be persistent about asking for help and not stopping until you get the help that you need Um, and not giving up on yourself when things get tough and, and believing that you deserve that help. And yeah, I guess just being persistent and, Also positive in all of it because he does a really good job of, um, just trusting that in time with hard work and persistence, things will work out. And, you know, he's a testament to that. His career is he's, you know, he's been knocked down and then continued to like kind of crawl his way back up. And so, um, he, he practices what he preaches and, um, yeah, I think he's just, uh, he's just a good dude. (laughs) Well,
0: it's so exciting to see, you know, what you guys are going to do out in Boulder with the team and with on and just him coaching you and, and the rest of the team. I'll have to look and like learn more about the other athletes that have joined the team.
1: Yeah, you should. They're, they're there's so many characters like it's it's really fun um yeah it's interesting because like a lot of them are just fresh out of college and so yeah I heard you you say kids earlier yeah yeah they are I mean like I did not realize um how different like 23 year old guys are (laughs) from like like, I don't know the, the people that I'm typically around so it's actually pretty fun to like I don't know. I feel like I'm reliving that time in my life when I'm around them. But yeah, they're really silly and, like I said, super talented. too. So I think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff happening with the group.
0: At 28 years young, you're the old
1: lady on the team. I, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> like, by far the oldest. Um, Emily's next up, but she's like a year younger. So yeah, I should, I just, I got I have so much wisdom yes. to share with them. That's it. You know?
0: Well, if yeah, if you guys are following (laughs) Leah, she's Leah underscore Fallon on Instagram and you can keep up with what they're doing and her, her journey into being healthy for a full year. And and what's next? Uh, Let's do into podcast Leah. What is one thing professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet?
1: Um, oh, uh go to Australia (laughs) like I it's it's wild that I haven't been there yet I am married to an Australian um, (laughs) and just traveling more in general I think I've traveled a bit for running um, but I think when running is is over just taking the time to be an actual tourist and not in a place for work and really enjoying the rest of the world also when the world opens up again oh seriously so yeah
0: Do you guys think that you're like, (laughs) you will always stay here in the U S being that he's from Australia?
1: Yeah, probably not. Um, he's been out of Australia for a decade and his family really misses him and I'm totally game to, to move somewhere else. So, um, yeah, I think when I'm done running, we'll probably, you know, get on a plane and head over there for However long. We don't really have like a solid plan. Yeah. No need for that. (laughs) But yeah, we hope to, to end up living over there for a bit.
0: What is an accomplishment you're most proud of?
1: It's not like a single accomplishment, but I'm, I'm really proud that I did not quit when things got tough with running and that, um, I kept looking for answers and, Um, I'm just, I'm really proud of this last year. I think this has been like such a great year and uh, a lot of things that I did not like foresee necessarily getting better, uh, did. And I've really learned how to like keep myself healthy in more ways than one. And I'm just so happy and, and I'm in such a good spot. So I'm, yeah, I'm just proud of that. Mm, Soak that up. That's awesome. Yeah. What's the best, most recent book you've read? Best, most recent book. Okay. There are a few. So I'm the queen of starting a book and getting like two thirds of the way through it and then like finding uh. something else. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I am in the middle of – this is kind of like – a I don't know. It's like a darker book, but The, the Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. And then um, – oh, I read Daring Greatly by recently – which is great. I actually finished on Renee Brown. I just eat up. That's it. I'm trying to remember. And audiobooks. Oh, Becoming by Michelle Obama. I'm mm-hmm. like kind of almost done with that and that's really good. I, li- I mean, I'll probably get like through them my audiobooks when I'm driving to Colorado mm-hmm. because you can only listen to so much music. But yeah.
0: Who is someone fun, motivating, or
1: inspiring that you'd like to have coffee, tea, or cocktail with? That's ever-changing. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, right now I'm I've been really into this podcast called Girls Got to Eat, um, and they I don't know they they're they're comedians their names are Ashley and Raina, oh. and um they interview a lot of really cool people and they talk about some very like deep um and meaningful subjects that they're just goofy and I I feel like they'd be a really like fun couple of girls to like have a beverage with and just like (laughs) shoot the shit and then um i I, there's a few but like jamila jamil is another like she's an activist but she's just a really really strong cool woman that i respect um and also seems really fun and goofy so yeah those people any of them all of them i'm (laughs) super excited to
0: look into this podcast i've never heard of it
1: yeah, they can be a little raunchy. Oh. Um, <laughs> <ahead>. that's okay. <laughs> but it's but like they're so honest and like open books and goofy, and they just Luke calls it taking the Mickey out of yourself. So they like make fun of themselves all the time, and I just I really appreciate their humor. So okay. yeah, if you're just looking for something lighthearted for the most part, but still touches into important topics. That's a good
0: one. I mean, my go-to escape is the pop cast, which is they talk about pop culture stuff. Um, oh, yeah. it's gotta be like really hard to do a comedy podcast. Well, to have
1: that yeah. balance that
0: you're talking about of like deep stuff, but also getting people to laugh.
1: Yeah, they do a really, really good job. It's a, it's a super popular podcast. Um, and I think, them to have like a drink with is they work really well together like they bounce off of each other so well and their banter is hilarious and you could just literally listen to them have a conversation with each other and be happy to be like a fly on the wall because mm-hmm. they're so funny <laughs> so yeah i i just appreciate that um right now quite a bit i'm just like every day probably listening to another one of their podcasts cause i discovered them on the drive back from colorado last time so
0: yeah nice okay i'm gonna check that out today um, and I always, I always say I'm going to do, I always like someone says something like this and I'm always like, Oh, I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to, you know, subscribe to flow or whatever. <laughs> I always have these like audacious, like big calls to action that I'm going to go do, but I really am going to go do this. I really am going to go listen. <laughs>
1: Good. Let me know if you like it. Uh, yeah. They're, they're all different, but, uh, yeah, just read the captions. And if something like stands out to you go for that because some of them I've I've like you know some of the interviews are not the greatest but there are some really really good ones so okay I will don't don't give up if the first one isn't ideal (laughs) hey that's what I tell people with my pod
0: I try out my own podcast I'm like don't listen to the first hundred episodes and you know like it gets better (laughs) yeah and be choosy like look at the guest list and like there's a lot of episodes to choose from so be choosy on what you listen to yeah uh, make sure it aligns with like what you're looking for that day.
1: Yeah. Uh, sure. okay. Leah, what is your one message to send to the world? Very simple. It's just be nice. Like literally if, if I, I don't have any tattoos, but I have thought about this tattoo for a really long time and I think I'm probably going to get it. But then I thought about that in the past and like, I'm glad that I didn't get that tattoo <laughs> that I thought I was going to get, but like, just, uh, I don't know. It's a reminder to myself. as well it's not like Mm -hmm. i am you know always super nice like i can be a dick but uh just be nice like in most circumstances like that goes a really long way and just assuming um yeah that that whoever you're talking to probably you know is going through their own stuff um and kindness goes a long way so yeah we need that right now probably more than ever so Okay. All right.
0: So, <laughs> Leah, thank you so much for doing this and best of luck with the move to Colorado and, and everything with on, will be following your career. And I can't wait to see what happens once like, you know, more races start happening and whatnot.
1: Whenever they happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you. Yeah. I'm really excited to get out there and set up our apartment and be in Boulder. I feel like I've kind of got half one yeah. foot in the door in Michigan and one foot in, in Michigan. So thank you. I'm excited to, to make the move. Ah, uh, love it. All right. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Bye
0: Leah. All right, friends. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you Leah for coming on the show. You can find Leah on Instagram. She is Leah underscore Fallon over there. You can find me on Instagram. I am Lindsay Hine six two six. I'm on Twitter at Lindsay Hine and Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. Go check out my new parenting podcast and let me know what you think. Why is everyone yelling with Lindsay Hine is what it's called. And uh, if you're a parent, I'm sure you've said that a time or two, right? Surely you have. I can't be the only one. Uh, have a great weekend next week. We've got a great episode with Sinclair Johnson. She just signed with the Bowerman track club. She's a Nike athlete and recently committed to joining that team and is out in Portland now. So it was a really great conversation with Sinclair. I cannot wait to share it with you. All right, friends, have a great rest of your day. Have a wonderful weekend. And as always, I will see you next Friday.